Okay, Gino, I think it's time. There's no more delay. We already like kind of started before we played that song to interrupt us. We needed a break. What's going on with the 401ks, Gino? I, I, I saw a tweet. Uh, <laughs> I like that that's where I wanted to start first. Gino, I know you want to talk about impact and you want to say silly things that you don't actually believe. But the 401ks, Gino, like the stock market is not doing well. And everybody, there was a tweet that went up by Jim Jordan that was so like an obvious like yeah, of course we all know. But how do how does Twitter work? How does it know to put all the all like the liberal lie stuff right at the very top? I think it's just because a lot of people do tweet this stuff at a really rapid pace, and maybe it's more people on the left that do tweet at more than people on the right. They want to send out truths instead of tweets. They're well, all on truth social. And well, and that's what I'm wondering is like if especially with so Jim Jordan, uh, Republican, you know, uh, representative here uh, from Ohio, and. The tweet was simple. I mean, it was simple. It was accurate. I didn't know where the where the, the lies were told. And, uh, I, of course, as soon as I'm like, I pull up his page, he probably tweeted it six and a half days ago. But, you know, there's all this stuff. And I don't understand. Oh, here it is. I even liked the tweet because I just thought, your 401k misses President Trump. Now, that's very true. So I, I put, I don't have my 401k anymore. I rolled it into an IRA. And over the last, pff, I don't know, dude, like, 10 days, I've lost $800, Gino. So I know that might not be a lot to some people, but to me, that's a lot, okay? And I've lost like $800. Uh, it's been a very frustrating time in the market. I signed up for that Titan vest uh, where, you know, it's like a hedge fund for normal people. They've lost $20 of my $100 that I gave them. It's just been a very, very wacky time in the market. But since I don't have hashtags and headlines, you have to hear this. How do people argue with this? I think it's just because people want to find reason to argue about anything and defend whatever they truly believe, whether it be one side or the other. Both sides all lie to each other. Because then as soon as I open it, all of the replies to Jim Jordan are like, not at all what I thought. I thought they were all going to be, yeah, man, I've lost $800. Like, no, it's Jim Jordan described by his hometown paper, the second most uh, contemplable human being in the U.S. government, a seven-term sycophant. The ideal bootlicker, a man willing to cast aside common decency, a legislative terrorist. Like, that's one tweet. Someone put that, like, that's from one person. And this other one was 14 years in Congress, and you haven't passed one piece of legislation to benefit your constituents in your gerrymandered district. My 401k is doing just fine under Biden. My 401k didn't try to overthrow the government. Do these people just not look at their 401ks because... I looking at mine. It's not doing well. Like, I don't. I don't get this. G. I don't. Like I really don't understand. I'm not entirely sure either how the 401k system works, or it's by state, or it's actually by like, the entire government itself. So again, I'm absolutely not the right person to talk to about the 401k. Let system. me get you with it, Gino. I'll help you out. So it's the 401ks were invented after the Great Depression because they were trying to get people reinvested into the stock market. So there was a federal incentive. Hey, you can take money tax free out of your paycheck and put it into this investment fund, which is the 401k. So maybe 5% of your paycheck would be taken off. Employers started to use a 401k match as an incentive for employees. So now you're looking at, okay, I'm putting, you know, 200 tax free dollars every pay period into the stock market. Now, a lot of that's being put into index funds or ETFs or whatever funds you want to put it in. So I had mine with FedEx. It was just sitting there. It wasn't doing much. And then I don't work for FedEx anymore. So I thought, okay, I'm going to transfer it into an IRA and I'll be able to choose what I want to put it into. And we'll go from there. 
And it, no matter which ETF or index fund that I have money in, they're all going down. It's not like people can say, you picked the wrong one. Like, no, there's none that are going up right now. So I'm very, very confused. What are these people? It's got to be they're not looking, right? Because I had that FedEx 401k for years that I didn't touch until I just rolled it over like last month. So these people are clearly just, they're more proud that Trump's not president. They don't care that they're losing tons of money, right? I believe that might be the case. They just care about their side, that they are winning, or at least they're safe in their perception of what reality is. Yeah, like people, and then everybody loves the the, the January sixth stuff. Like that's the big, that's the big rallying cry. Is like, you know, my four hundred one k didn't try and overthrow the government. It's like, can you overthrow? Someone brought this up. Like, what a weak attempt at an overthrow. A bunch of drunk white dudes showed up with no weapons. And like, yeah, we're going to overthrow the government, man. Like, no, that's not at all what happened. They were, it was a protest that turned into a riot. Let's settle down with this whole insurrection. It's, if we wanted the capital, Gino, we'd have the capital. I mean, it would have been interesting to see if we really tried to overthrow the government with all the stuff that was happening. Some people dying or at least being severely injured on both sides. Those defending the capital and those attacking the capital. So and it was an interesting perception. And look at this. It says, like, experience matters. American Rescue Plan, check. Infrastructure bill, check. 250 million Americans vaccinated, check. 9.2 million jobs created, check. Like, this person's really, really proud of their President Biden. And in the fastest growing economy, check. Do you know I spent four twenty on a gallon of gas, like per gallon on my gasoline. Like I am spending double a month in gasoline than what I was a year ago, maybe even two years ago. This is insane. We're not doing better. Are these? Am I in the wrong spot? How are these people loving their lives so much right now? I think they're just again in their own perception of reality. They think that because like they're safe and they're having themselves in whatever part of the country they're in no matter who they are they just feel that they're doing well and they're surviving there's no real problems in their location and then this person doesn't like gun violence like it really seems I, i'm crazy then you know what trump was the worst all of these idiots on twitter are right and this is also the problem with twitter that i always talk about all of this liberal shit pops up first because then you click on all the replies and it is like people laughing at the people that are commenting stuff like no, they burned down cities, hated cops, killed the people. They, Twitter does this thing where it even says, like, uh, it, it even says, hey, show additional replies, including those which may contain offensive content. Like, uh, so, like, already your fraud resident Biden did overthrow the government by stealing the election. Like, there, there's all these posts that, like, Twitter want, doesn't want you to see. You have to, like, earn these posts. You have to, like, go behind the curtains to see the good ones, Gino. Yeah, because we can't tell people that from the past, like what, probably since Clinton, that every election has been stolen or rigged in one way or another. And Gino, Hillary Duff poses for this women's health body issue. Are you seeing this on the now? Now Twitter's picking it up. They're ready for that Elon Musk takeover. I like that this is like a women's health trending thing. They know every dude's clicking on it because of that photo, right? That could be because of that photo, but also people might be interested, like, what's happened with her? Because, like, she's in a bad space right now, just like Amanda Bynes. She's getting better, thankfully, but she's still pretty bad, too. What? Is Hillary Duff bad? She's on that show my wife watches, Younger. That's a good show. She's been doing a lot of good stuff. She's a mom. I think I, you might be confusing Hillary with Haley Duff. You tend to do that a lot. 
Uh, yeah, might be Hayley Duff as well. But Hillary Duff, I think, maybe in like better like mental and physical space than people like Amanda Bynes, who's in a really bad yeah. space. And hopefully, she is better soon. She's crazy as shit. Hillary Duff looks amazing. Gino, that's not why we're here, though. That all that stuff just came up like minutes ago because I was on the Turlet, I was on the Twitter app, and I was just kind of scrolling through, and that was like it, Twitter knows me. Like my feed is always oh, the, you know, the conservative shit, conservative shit, conservative shit, and then I just decided, yeah. I, my the stock market's been crazy these past couple days, and then I click on it, and it's everybody just, oh, you're so wrong. The 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 Nasdaq was at the same number this time uh, when Trump was president. Like all the you know all of this. Whoa, I, I'm shocked that nobody else is losing eight hundred dollars over the past ten days. That's a lot of money, Gino, to lose in ten days. So, but you're not here for that. You're here for, uh, you're here for niche wrestling, right? You know, aren't you here to be niche with me? Yes, I'm here for us to discuss the better wrestling product that we have compared to what we are force-fed every Monday and Friday. I think you and I are also force-fed Impact. What's the difference between? Because I like watching Raw, I like watching SmackDown. I, I had to, I didn't watch SmackDown. I haven't finished Raw, so maybe that's there's a little truth to that. But Impact is also sometimes a bit of a chore, and you know, like I look at it all like it's something I enjoy watching all the way through. Are, if you didn't have like a like podcasting responsibilities, you would still be watching WWE. I would not be watching Raw. Really? You'd be skipping? What about Hulu Raw? 90 minutes, no Dana Brooke. I might watch the Hulu version, like the cut-down version, but yeah, I would not be sitting there for three hours every Monday night if I did not have to discuss it. You would so night. still watch Raw, you know? You watch some shit wrestling. Like, I don't know why you have such a, like... Raw, in a lot of ways, is way better than some of the other stuff that you watch. But it, is it because it's WWE? Is, is it because it's the number one brand that makes it the most frustrating? Like, I expect too much from this. It's three hours every Monday night that I could be ex experiencing and doing something more with my life, I've realized. <laughs> and it took me this long where I like I could be doing more, but I feel like I have, I'm forcing myself to sit down and watch this. Because I have to take notes like, remember all this shit that doesn't matter because they don't care about it right except for small bits of pieces that matter for their story but they don't really care enough to make us be invested well i don't take copious notes every time i'm watching wrestling like i didn't like so i watched under siege today a little bit at work and a little bit on lunch and uh most of it when i got home just now and it's not like i was sitting back taking copious notes like i let the folks at wrestling inc or or cage side seats i let them do all the copious notes i let i let steven larson do the notes i don't i'm not i don't always need to have the notes i remember what i saw i enjoyed what i watched and it's nice to be able to scroll and see oh yeah i did see tasha Steele's wrestle a match so yeah some of that stuff is there but th th there's also uh like with wwe it's just bigger and it feels like the most professional. And yeah, I agree with you a little bit where sometimes Raw Raw can be a chore. I mean, I didn't watch it. And I do. I also enjoy that you go, I could be doing other things. Like, here's why I didn't watch Raw on uh, last night, Gino. I had to take Ralphie to baseball practice. I had to coach baseball. I was all sweaty. I did it in jeans and a polo because I went straight from work. And then we got home around like 7.30 or 7.45 and then I had to record an episode of the Islandish Catholic, which hit Spotify and all major streaming platforms today. And amazing time. But by the time that was over, it was like 9, 15, 9, 30. And I just kind of thought, well, Raw's over. So I could either go and watch wrestling and just watch like snippets of Raw or I could just go to bed. 
So that's what one. So with your new, like, what would you do with all your free time? That's thing. I don't know what I would do. It might be more investing and more interesting for me to actually get a job than if I had to. Like, I might do actually have more time to really work on myself and like actually work out and like not have to feel like I'm pushed to sit down for three hours and just watch this stuff that they don't care about that they're presenting to us and only care about us getting to the end goal being the big pay-per-view not even the next pay-per-view well what about nxt because nxt sucks and like you watch that still so like, i stopped actually okay i was gonna say i was like that's I moved on from that nxt might be the worst show out of all the shows that are happening right now and you you were watching you were sticking with that so your tuesdays i mean i'm here holding you back on tuesdays like would you would you get a job? Like, what would be the next step in the life of Gene? You, by the way, you also have all day. It's not like the three hours that Raw's on is like the one thing holding you back from getting a job. Like several, right, that's true. yeah, several people work full time jobs and then go home and watch Raw. So it's not like, oh well, I can't get a job because there's three hour Raw. So what yes. would it be? What would be the job, Gino? You know, what's got you? What's pulling you back into the workforce? I don't know, but that's it. I'm just realizing that I do need to work on myself and just get back out there again i'm just realizing i need to work on myself and actually be done with just sitting on my ass and being depressed yeah see and that's what i always tell people it's like look it's the only way that you're gonna if you keep focusing on why you're depressed i mean yeah you're gonna be depressed that's depressing as shit if you focus on what's gonna get you out of it and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing you keep chasing the dragon if you will you keep moving forward like matthew mcconaughey when he won that oscar he was like you know, my, my hero is myself in five years because I'm never going to meet that person. You just keep moving. What am I going to be like in five years? What am I going to be like in five years? We should read. You know what? Let's read Green Lights. Let's read McConaughey's book. I, I wouldn't mind reading McConaughey's book. I wouldn't mind reading these self-help books or just books like the whole biography books about people's lives that they got out of this rut that they put themselves in at one point or another. Yeah, some people have these amazing stories, and you're kind of like, this guy's kind of a dumb piece of shit. How did he get this far in life? And then it's like, well, look, I just never said no to an idea. And I just kept on I kept on trying and putting myself in situations that I didn't think I'd be in, but I wanted to see how I'd react. Was that a good McConaughey? That's not as good as my cornet. Yeah, I feel like that's a decent McConaughey. It'll get better with time and practice. Yeah, I need to hear more of that. Because even the cornet one... Which I've gone back and listened to. It's so funny, but I can't. I can't do it on command yet. It's not my Jim Ross, but I will. I will listen to some cornet to be able to develop my impression. So I'll get there, Gino. Don't you worry. So you were telling yeah. me Under Siege was better than WrestleMania Backlash. Now, do you like? What do you mean? <laughs> I feel that the matches and the quality of matches that we had at Under Siege were a lot better than most of, if not the entire card, of WrestleMania Backlash, excluding two matches. Only two matches of WrestleMania Backlash, I feel, lived up and actually were like a big premium live event match that I was felt worth watching, that being the I Quit match and the opening match. Well, and that's... So how many matches were there, though? Weren't there only like six, six. matches? So, yeah, you're saying that... Uh, you're saying One-third. Yeah, one-third of the, of the card was incredible, and we did watch Under Siege, which some of it did feel like an episode of Impact, so... Uh, it, it's not a like good one. it's not a, a great episode. A great episode of, of Impact on Access, like so. But with 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 WrestleMania Backlash, I mean, I would argue that all Your the matches are just as bright and just as talented. Thank you so much. 
uh, Tyler Spider. The mana is real. That's our boy Randy Orton. Just as bright and just as talented. White who kids. was relegated to a six-man tag that I didn't even finish, Gino. So maybe you have a point on that one. But I, like I was watching it, and as soon as I don't remember the spot exactly, but it was a it was like a Roman gets tagged in spot, and the crowd goes ape shit, and then like Roman tags back out, and I was like, okay, I fucking got it. Like it was like this is a six-man tag. That's fine. Uh, but I, I don't know. I can't even – I watched I watched Under Siege, and it, it takes place in, like, a garage. There's just – I understand the wrestling can be better, but just storyline-wise, everything, the production that goes into a WWE event, watching WrestleMania Backlash was awesome. I can't, I'm surprised that you left going, only two good matches. It's like that's still 33% of the card. That's a lot. It is, but at the same time, when there's a card that I fell from top to bottom, from opener to ending, was amazing. Being under siege was a lot better than these two good matches and house show matches well, that we had. And what was so? What wasn't a good match though on the on the WrestleMania Backlash card? Because you said the I Quit match, which was fantastic. You said uh, Rollins and Cody, which was fantastic. I thought Edge and AJ Styles was way better than their WrestleMania match. Like, uh, I think me and Sean Ross sat my best friend. I think he agreed. Like all of the WrestleMania rematches were better on Backlash than they were at WrestleMania, including uh, Amos and Bobby Lashley. Like, what ma- was it Happy Corbin where you just, this match sucks. Another roll-up. And I didn't mind the roll-up because it made sense for the story for what they're doing in the match because unlike most matches in this one, they actually were telling a story where Bear Corbin, he already did the boss man spot once, so then when he went for it again, Mad Cat Moss knew what he was doing, and he rolled into it. He was like, I learned from my mistake earlier in this match. You actually had a story in a match, but something we don't really get on. Come on, are you being serious? There was a story in all these matches. Cody, Rollins didn't have a chance to scout Cody in their last match. This match, he had all the moves scouted. Amos and Lashley, Lashley's the almighty. He feels unstoppable and unbeatable. But what's the difference maker? MVP. Amos wins. Uh, Edge, uh, AJ Styles. Like, we know that Edge is building up more and more people. Damian Priest is banned from ringside, and he comes out to the ramp, and everybody's like, wait, isn't he banned? And he points at that line, like, I'm not at ringside. I'm on the ramp, motherfuckers. And then Rhea Ripley joins the group. What? Oh, the, the judgment day is growing more and more and more. Charlotte and Ronda, amazing. Ronda's going to take time off to get – or what's her name? Charlotte's going to take time off to get married. This is a great – everything had – even the six-man tag is based around a storyline. So we have several, every one of these matches, maybe that's why I like this card more, was because it felt like one long movie, whereas you, you called something a house show. Under Siege, house show of the year. No, it wasn't a house show of the year. What are you talking about? We had these amazing matches. We had stories throughout the entire weeks building up to this moment. We, well, and, and not for Wrestle, WrestleMania Backlash. Most of these matches have been building since the Royal Rumble. So these are really, really long stories that are happening in a lot Except of these. Except for the six-man tag, which was built in two weeks. Usos and, and RK-Bro, they've been feuding for a while now. So let's not pretend that they're just nobodies. Like, a month. They, um, and then we had two weeks where we are like, oh, we're going to put a six-man tag because title unification is not what we're doing. And they never were going to do it, apparently, was the real story. 
That's what I'm hearing. It's always going to be a sick bad tag. Yeah, they're kind of pussyfooting with like the. They don't want to have all the belts on one show. I think that's what they're worried about. When we're all ready for just, dude, fuck the brand split. But now you're hearing that they're advertising another draft. Like they love that draft. They th- is that their biggest ratings episode of the year? Like is that why I they guess, keep bro, doing this? It? The most recent years, yeah, because they can't really get a big star on here. Like even Austin when he showed up in the direct, like not he actually never showed up on Raw. See it, Austin. Would never like be able to get that race because they never gave us a chance to be like Austin's gonna show up and then with us to see if that'll spike like a draft. I don't know if so we're I think in the draft is all like big event that would do it. Are we in the era of like hey hey text your buddies and tell them to watch Raw live? Maybe I'm not. I'm obviously I'm way past the age of that. Like I, I'm very past. Now my dad who does watch SmackDown every once in a while he'll text me like Baron Corbin's Happy Corbin now and who's this who's this guy he's hanging out with and. Oh, Sasha Banks looks amazing. Like he'll text me that kind of stuff. So obviously, the two-hour SmackDown can keep people hooked. I, that show's easier to watch from from top to bottom. I mean, and maybe it's the two-hour thing because Raw does seem to lose the plot a little bit. <laughs> like halfway through it, you're kind of waiting for you know. Every, there's they have built-in bathroom breaks and stuff, but uh, the draft. Like because I was at a, a Ranger game last season where it was just. This Monday night, the draft. You're watching football, the draft, the WWE draft. Like they want it to be. They, I mean, the NFL draft obviously does gangbusters. So maybe idiots who don't really know wrestling, they just see there's going to be a draft. I'm in. Is that that has to be the only reason why they keep doing it, right? I mean, it's something like that, or that people remember the very first draft with The Rock, and he had that great moment with Vince McMahon and the whole chant, "You are an asshole," and that never kept going off until that one night. <laughs> Yeah, well, and even, even uh, like, because what if they did this instead? Now, this is this is me fantasy booking. I don't play 2K20 whatever, but I'm sure that this is on there. Why don't they just do an NXT draft? Why don't once a year they advertise the draft? Here's the prospects from NXT. Who's going to Raw? Who's going to SmackDown? Or who's going to the main roster? And then you can even have storylines of like. You know, uh, who's a guy in NXT? Von Wagner didn't get drafted, so now he's, like, getting made fun of backstage, and he's even more of a bully because he didn't get picked. Like, there's little storylines we can play, but we have this developmental territory. We have this college system, this farm system. Why aren't we drafting from there? How come those guys just show up? I think it's because, like, a lot of them are not ready. Like, we need to see signs of improvement, apparently, is now the whole thing. If you don't have, like, 90 days of, like, improvement, we'll just cut you. Well, and not this version of NXT, obviously. Like, this version of NXT is, like, I wish Dusty Rhodes was here to help these kids. Like, that's really what this yes. NXT feels like. But, like, the old NXT, think of all the, the call-ups. Like, a Keith Lee call-up. Like, let's just say you do a, a draft and you have packages of Keith Lee. You're introducing these characters from their work in NXT. That also prevents you from going, Pete, his name's Pete? Let's call him Butch. Butch sounds tough. Pete sounds like a nerd. Like that had to be what happened there, but yeah, that would be that would be a perfect way to make sure the NXT credentials still matter, and you don't we don't have these dumb rebrands of some of these characters that get called up, and I think I solved WWE. However, it still did better than I'm gonna say this, Gino. Under Siege was good, but it was not as good as Backlash. And I would say the opposite. I think it was an amazing show compared to Backlash. Backlash was good. We had two matches again. One third of it, amazing. We had stuff that was kind of obvious, being the Rhea Ripley swerve. 
because like I was just trying to be like, it could be anything. They just shouldn't go with the obvious thing. Now, don't let it be Ripley. But then they did. They went with the obvious choice. Was that the obvious choice? Because I thought it was Alexa Bliss. Like that was my obvious choice was well clearly Alexa. Like when when and then when Rhea did the like did the spot where she distracted AJ or pushed AJ, it was so obviously her. Like, I didn't like that they were trying to play it off. Like, who is that? Who is like, he? He's yeah. like, they kept saying, he, who is he? Who could he be? Yeah. It's fucking, oh, it's Triple H. Like, no, we all knew who it was. Man. Yeah, it was definitely. It's a woman. It's Rhea. Yeah, it was definitely. She wasn't wearing Damian Priest boots, all right? She was definitely wearing female boots. So that was kind of a letdown. But but the people, I I don't like Rhea Ripley. So they couldn't have done anything there. I, I know you like Rhea Ripley, but I'll ne- never. Never, Gino. I will never be able to watch the stench of Ye Charlotte. I think that might have been the worst. Did Meltzer name that worst feud of the year? I don't remember what he named his worst feud of 2020. I'll tell you what it was. It was Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. So let's go into Under Siege. Under Siege took place in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, And the crowd was into it. It's just the way they have the angle. You know, you see the stage during the matches. Maybe that's like a difference for that WWE. Like WWE, you see the crowd and you're like, there's a lot of people there. With Impact, you see the big set, you see the screen, and then you see a couple people and they're not very loud. And, you know, they were showing me tweets on the screen, you know, oh, we came out tonight in Cincinnati. We're pumped. Like they, like they tried to make me believe that this place was like sold out from the rafters. Do you have paid attendance? What was the, how many people were here, Gino? I have no idea how many people were here, but I felt like this was a really good event. I think they did really well for what they had. I'm looking forward to when they come back to Nashville in July in their next big premium live event that actually will be a pay-per-view where they hopefully will be in a bigger venue and we'll be able to see how much attendance they actually will be able to get because this was just like one of their shows they also will do tapings for in the coming days. But you also, you said it there. You, You might not realize when you do it, but you just said it. They did pretty good for what they had. Like, that's what you said. Like you're giving them this little bit of extra credit because you, we all know that they're, they're like the, they're like the little, I don't know, the little redheaded stepchild. Like, Hey, you did pretty good. All things considered. Like we know they suck. We know that we have these lower expectations. So that's why we like it more. Right. Like, didn't you, you caught yourself doing that. Right. It's not that they suck. That's an impact does not suck. I'm saying this right now. It's that we could not get it. Like, they want to save money, I feel. They have to be cost-effective. They couldn't, like, get a giant venue where we could sell this out. And they also know their viewer base is not as large as it used to be. So we hopefully will be getting people by seeing these big events like these amazing matches we had tonight. Well, I like how you're saying that. Like, they, they don't want – they can't – you know, they like, they could sell out. Like, I don't – this is probably – was this sold out is my biggest question. I, And even if they told me it was, how many is that? Because I've watched some NWA shows where they're telling me they're sold out and then, like, the camera kind of swoops around and you're like, oof, what, what is that over there? A lot of seats. Is it dre- – come dressed as a seat night to NWA power. Like, that. Like that's what it looked like in some of the corners that you see. And then it's the same with AEW. I've been to that Dallas – that Co- Curtis Colwell where they have a whole section tarped off. Because it's like, well, the camera's on that side. We don't need you over there. So yep, Same with WWE. They still do that, too. They do that, too. But it's you can still get the paid attendance, and it's still 5,000, 6,000 people are going to Raw's. So this is a this is a premium yeah, live event. Side, don't go to the other side so you could at least be okay. <laughs> well, 
Do we need to pull? Do you want me to pull footage of this impact event if we can find it? No, we could, we've seen the impact footage. We know that there are some spots where uh, you, there are not as many fans on one side as there are. On I the like other. that you're like WWE does it. Well, they still have Everyone thousands, does it. but they still have thousands of people. This I'm talking yes. about Impact Wrestling probably has 600 people in this room right now. In this room, by the way, I didn't even call it this venue. They have 600 people yeah, in this venue, room. and it's not a bad room. That's they have good rooms. When they do this, it's outdoor or indoor rooms. I'm sure it's nice. I mean, the the Promo West Pavilion at the Ovation in greater Cincinnati area. Cincinnati seems like an interesting city because it does feel like, well, it's I've heard it's pretty much Kentucky, so it's a southern city. Uh, and by southern, Kentucky is southern in a way. It's more hillbilly like bluegrass. But either way, you know, that's not what we're here for. Opening match, Giselle Shaw, who I swear to God I've never watched wrestle. Um, I've seen her wrestle too. Like I watched her wrestle on Thursday, I feel. Didn't remember anything she did. She did – so this match was actually really good. I mean, four four and seven quarter stars. But there was a few spots that I could not stand. Do you know which ones they were? I think I remember certain <laughs> spots, and I'm wondering, were any of them involving anyone on ringside? Were any of the people at ringside involved in these spots? No. So Alicia Edwards did uh, – I was not involving Alicia. Yeah, Alicia tried to make me hate this match as much as she could, but I didn't let her get She's me down. Great. I did not let her get me down. There's this spot where Madison's in the – first of all, I need to pay attention while I'm watching this on my lunch break because I keep watching it and I go, why is Tennille just standing on the floor? Like I thought this was a tag match. The whole time I'm like, why are they both standing on the floor? Get on the apron. Get ready for a tag. Like, I didn't know if there was like a, no, you guys hop off the apron. It's just you and me one-on-one. -on -one. Like, I thought, what are we doing? Why Is there, is there a build-up here? What am I missing? Uh, no, I'm just an idiot, and I wasn't paying attention. And the spot that drove me nuts, though, is Madison Reigns in the corner. You know, like, oh, I'm all woozy. You know, I got to stay here for at least a three count. And Giselle runs, like, assumedly full speed, and does like a European uppercut, kind of. And then, like, slowly walks away, like, really slow. And it felt like one of those New Japan spots that I hate. Like, you know, it's it's a moment out of the match where she hits this move and then walks away kind of like, I'm not even in the fight. It was just very off-putting. It didn't seem realistic. I wanted Madison to grab her by the hair and do a fucking vertebraker and just kill her. Um, do you like this? Who was I know Giselle's supposed to be the babyface, but isn't she working heel most of this match? She was pretty much kind of working heel, but Madison Rain and Tadeo Dash were the bigger heels, and Alicia is trying to kind of be to help Giselle be a babyface, be like we could be good, we could be a tag team, but now that Giselle won, they could win the tag team titles. They feel and is Giselle be a good is, guy, is, is Giselle Shaw super hot? I can't like she's either not attractive at all, at all or the hottest chick we've ever seen. Yeah, I feel that she is probably, again, she's the quintessential diva for a reason. She is one of the most attractive women they have on Impact. She's, it's, it's, I, I'm fascinated. It's, she's either a 2 or a 10. Like she, There's no in-between. 2 or 10, I, I think there were cer certain spots. Like, when she won, I was like, she's super pretty. What am I missing? Like, something is not clicking here. Was she ever in WWE? Like, how did she fall? How did the diva make it to Impact? I have no idea how she like came to impact her if she ever was in WWE, but something I do want to like quickly bring up is one match that originally was on this card that we predicted got scrapped, which was such a sad. Yeah, thing. did Alex Shelley get hurt or something? What happened? I think he left again. Really? <laughs> no. Probably I doing independent that. show again, so Speedball had to be put in a better match. Though he was actually in a really good match. I watched a little bit of it. I was kind of like fast forward clicking through. 
Um, and yeah, like I, I understand they had to pivot, but I I forgot the Shelly rematch was happening. I was excited to watch it, but when I was watching this card and I saw Speedball and a triple threat with two other guys, I thought, oh, maybe what did I miss? How did the, how did we get here? How did we get to this spot right here? But um, yes. Yeah, so you, is there any rumors on that? Why would Shelly leave again? I don't know. I don't. I've not read any rumors about Shelly. I don't hear remember there's any reports that came out about Shelly. That's something I forgot to like look up myself. Like if anything did came up, like if Shelly just is doing other indie dates, or if he just couldn't show up, or he was injured or sick. Gosh, fuck him. Am I right? Like he comes. Nah, he's great. He's he, one of the best. Dude, he no showed. If even if he uh, listen, he's too good that I, I'm okay if he no-shows because I still know how fucking amazing Alex Shelley is because he had the best match of this year still today. Him and fucking Mike Bain. Can you imagine? Like, I feel like every other wrestler, you would say, like, hey, it's not professional. You got to show up to work on time for your family. But Alex Shelley's different. Yeah, Alex Shelley gets a pass. What a piece of shit leaving us hanging again. He's probably going to go back to MLW or AEW and <laughs> It's like screw this guy. Like he, I would, I wouldn't mind if he goes to AEW if we get Kent uh, fucking Kushida with him, so we can have the time splitters. I want time splitters. That's well, we're not going to get that. Here's what's going to happen: <laughs> they're going to advertise time splitter reunion, have one match, and then break up, and Shelly's going to go somewhere else. So don't yeah. don't get your hopes up. But speaking of Alex Shelley, let me down. Chris Saban versus Steve Macklin. Um, this uh, this was a hard one for me to like get into because. Uh, they just had that triple threat match. So now, now you're taking – the like, Jay White was the only thing they took out. So now it's like, ooh, okay, I got single Saban and Macklin. Now this is where I thought, okay, Gino's probably loving this match. This is an, this is an impact wrestling on access match. Like, this isn't – I didn't feel like there was anything special that happened here. And then probably what annoyed you, I hope, Chris Saban won. What the fuck? Why would Saban beat – Steve Macklin, who they're putting so much into, like they can't decide if he's either going to be the next Kurt Angle or if he's going to be the next, uh, what's that guy's name, Triton. Like they don't know who he's supposed to be in Impact Wrestling. Why would he beat Jay White and Chris Saban in a triple threat match? And they even bring it up in this match. Uh, they, they said, Steve Macklin feels like he should be challenging for the Impact World title tonight. And then he loses to Chris Saban? Yes, because we still want to prove that maybe Macklin is not ready yet, that he still has to learn. He was able to withstand both Jay White and Chris Saban to be able to prove how dominant he could be. But Chris Saban still has this tenure, still is more of a veteran who knows the business and can work singles and knows how to beat people like Macklin, who do get ahead of themselves and try to think themselves as hot shit when they're really not there yet. So Chris Saban was able to outsmart Macklin, had a really good match. I felt the good storytelling was perfect for this match. Big man, little man story. And, and do you think that they're going to keep – because what they're doing with Macklin – they had him lose to Trey Miguel. Remember that match? And then he like he he'll win and then lose, then win and then lose. And it's like I don't know the him winning that. Maybe I think Jay White is better than he is. Like because when you watch him in New Japan, he's the top guy. Like he's the top guy in a lot of aspects. New Japan strong at least. And when you're watching Impact, they treat him like a top guy. So when he lost, I thought, holy shit, Macklin just beat Jay White and Chris Saban. Like that's pretty, you know, and I know, and I know he pinned Saban, but if you look at if you read the results in your newspaper, it says Steve Macklin beat Jay White and Chris Saban. So I'm thinking, wow, maybe they are ready to push Macklin 
to the moon here. I don't know why, but they see something in him that I don't. And for him to lose to Chris Saban. Remember when Ace Austin lost to Chris Saban? What was that? I mean, it was still like to prove that the tenured ex division veteran knew more than Ace Austin kept thinking that he Saban was. Says Chris Saban for the world title. Have some respect. That, that is true. How how soon I forgot that Chris Saban uh, was former was a world former champion. world champion. But uh, here, like Chris Saban, just lost. He hasn't really been involved in any major singles things. He's perfect as a tag team guy, but his partner keeps fucking being he's playing footsies with impact wrestling he's not sure yet he just got to play a little footsies so th- I, this match was was okay but again it felt like it could have been on impact nothing too special uh and saving one I, I even felt bad for macklin i said this poor bastard this hot and cold book and uh, jim ross would not stand for this and I felt it was a perfectly fine match. We had a really good story we were telling with Saban, the former world champion, 10-year veteran at Impact, finally be able to prove why he's a former world champion, be able to outsmart this big man who feels and thinks he should be a world champion. And and I became a tie like so I, I don't really I'm not a big tie of Valkyrie guy, but this match was fantastic. These two can't have a bad match. When they said it was the rubber match, like this is only the third time, it made me think like, wow, have I I really liked that first one. I the last one was good, but this match, you know, good god. Like when they're wrestling and, and hey, we're not here to body shame, you know, okay, body positivity. But they're not in the best shape. Like it's not you're not watching like Jay White versus Steve Macklin obviously. But when you're watching these two wrestle, they they have different body shapes and uh you you brought up telling a story. Like Diana Maybe this is why she's my favorite. You always feel like there is a story being told there. Like when she hit the Queen's Gambit and Taya kicked out, like it was a moment of, wow, is wrestling real? Like I was so invested. I wanted, I knew Deanna wasn't going to win, but halfway through, I'm like, Deanna's going to fucking win this belt. She's going to get it, dude. This is where she wins the belt back. And uh, it didn't quite happen that way, did it? It didn't quite happen that way, but what they did, we were discussing it, but I'm excited for what happened. But this match, I felt, was perfect for what they do for their third match. Both them pulling out all the stops. Ty Valkyrie showing us why she is the wear look of why she is one of the best wrestlers in the women's division that people can continue to overlook. And just think, oh, body is all that counts, and her body's not in great shape, and she's getting old, and why is she wrestling? But she proved who said tonight that? at Siege how good she still is. Who said that about the age? You're the one who doesn't like Mickey James. What are, what are you talking about? People have talked. I've seen people on and I talk about Taya's age before. You, you need to get and out. And Taya even feels bad when people do talk about it too, because she is getting there, but she still is in her prime. Is she? How old is she? 25? She's in her 30s. Yeah. Well, we've never seen her, so she's 26 in my head. <laughs> I see her. These wrestlers are always the same age for me. Deanna's in her mid-20s. Jordan Grace <laughs> is in her mid-20s. Taya, mid-20s as well. I don't know why people are- yes, Even though she's 30, that's mid-20s. Are people going on their Wikipedias and going like, oh, this too old, too old. Just watch the yeah, match. They just see how old she is. They're like, oh, you're old and you look old. Like Mercedes Martinez, they complain about her age too and that she works slow. You know, Who some does? Some people do that too because of her age. I don't know. People complain about her. Mercedes Martinez being slow because of her age. You have to start naming these folks. You have to start saying Dave Meltzer said she looked old. Or you, you got to start saying Sean Ross Sapp said this or Denise or Adam yes. from what culture. You know, I mean, just say that there are some people who just think Mercedes Martinez works slow and goes for pin slow, like almost like no, she's no, old. No, don't say some people. That's me. She is a slow <laughs> pinner. Watch all of her matches from the last like 
uh, six months. She cannot Except for pin. her last match where she actually pinned really well, but it was a great match to her and Dia. No, she, it was, she pinned Diana slow. Points. She pinned slow. And <laughs> she even gets into submission slow. She she really works like, okay, where does my foot go? Okay, my, right, right, right. She wants to not hurt either of them. She knows how fragile her body and everyone's body is. That's why she's she dropped methodical. Mickey, she's a methodical. That's wrestler. why she dropped Mickey James on her head. So, yes. Uh, so, Mickey yes. Tiana lost. Um, mid thirties, so she's still she's still good. Uh, I really enjoyed the match, uh, I, although I, at the end, the, when she had the the Venus de Milo on, it was over, and then you kind of see Taya's face was like, well, I'm not obviously going to sell that I'm in pain. Her legs swung around and she got the ropes. I was like, damn it, that was terrible. Kids are just as bright and just as talented. Thank kids. you so much, Jared Camacho. He cast a hydrate. I'm running out of water, Gino. I need to take a break on this one. I didn't think we were going to need to. Yeah. But yeah, you I know, this was a really good matching game. There was that spot near the end where it was kind of obvious that she was going to get to the ropes. I was like, it was fine. Still at the very end because of what happened right after the match was off. Well, I, so, so Deanna attacks Taya after the match because Taya just sort of like wins with a roll up, right? There wasn't, it wasn't like she hit the, the road to Valhalla. She didn't do any cool moves. She just got. She her, did hit the road to the hall earlier, though. Earlier, yeah, but not to, not in the finish. It still hurt. It was still. Oh, you think it was still maybe maybe the roll up and like shocked her all the pain that she's had throughout yes. the entire match. So Deanna attacks Taya, which is like just have Deanna win the belt. Why does she not got to be champion? Then Mia Yim comes out in shorts. Gino, this was probably huge for you. The uh, the head bitch in charge shows up. Comes out, gets in the face of Tiana. Tiana like walks away, like, "Hey, don't mind me. Uh, yeah, I have no beef beef with you, dude." So she walks away, and then I'm thinking, "Whoa, is Mia Yim gonna be a heel and attack Taya?" Don't worry, Tiana gets back in the ring, and Mia and her throw down. Mia hits some big kicks and punches and shit. Gets her out of the ring, hugs her best friend Taya, looks at the crowd, says, "I'm back home, bitch." Uh, amazing return. We kind of were wondering when she was going to come back to anywhere. Uh, and you and I say this a lot. If you're a female, go to Impact Wrestling. Yes, because that's where you actually have like amazing women's wrestlers. That's why I'm really hopeful that even though, yes, we do have a joker for the women's tournament that they're having right now in AEW, someone like Athena or Candice LeRae or even maybe Nixon will do come to Impact where they'll have like better matches, actually have real time. Compared to like three, four minutes on television. Who, who's Nixon Newell? Is that Tegan Knox? That's Tegan Knox. Okay, yeah. I, I hope Nixon Nude shows up. I think Nixon Nude is going to be great. I think that Nixon Nude is a better name than Tegan Knox. So hopefully Lady Kane is the Joker and Nixon Nude wins the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. I can't wait. Although I think it should be somebody who's in AEW. I know we want to do like Joker. It's got to be somebody from the outside. But I don't know. A lot of women in that company deserve that spot. So I've... That's what Big Swole used to complain Even about. Even though a lot of them already had qualifying matches and lost. So give it to someone who lost to qualifying. No, no, not lost. But there's got to be other women that weren't even involved, right? I'm trying to think like... Did Kira Hogan have a match? No, she did not. So, yeah, she there could be the go. Joker. She, she had a match on Dark. She's today. the Joker. I don't want to see Nixon Nude taking a spot from Tia... What's her name? Kira Hogan. Okay? Kira Hogan. And I hope Nixon Nude also shows up at Impact. I think she would do very well there. There'd be a lot of great women that should show up at Impact. Candice LeRae needs to come to wrestle. Candice LeRae is having a baby, Gino. To- I know she's taking care of the baby, so Johnny Gargano's going to be the Joker for AOW. You think so? Is that the obvious one? It's going to be Gargano? I think it's going to be Gargano or uh, Claudio. 
Yeah, I'm. I've been thinking Claudio for weeks now. They keep this whole uh, Eddie Kingston feud. I keep thinking Cesaro's going to come out and be his friend. You know, like yes, it, he's going to show the respect that he never showed him for all these years. He's going to be the friend to help him be the third man, the fourth man they need against the five men that they're attacking. No, yeah, like Chris Hero and Cesaro are going to show up and be like, "We've got your back, Eddie." That's my Cesaro impression. And Eddie's going to be like, "I never liked you, but at least you were honest with me." And we fought all the time face to face, not this Jericho bullshit. And then, yes. yeah, we're gonna finally he earns Eddie's respect after all of these years. Yeah. They're gonna finally have the handshake, and Eddie will say, "I respect you." It'll Bye. be the new LAX and the Kings of Wrestling teaming up. It's gonna be fantastic. So, uh, continuing on the um, what was this pay per view called? Under Siege, Under Siege. Which, by the way, have you ever seen Under Siege with Tommy Lee Jones and Steven Seagal? I have seen a Steven Scully. I was like, Tommy Lee Jones is also in that? I yeah, just remember I Steven Scully who's oh. the best fucking actor. Yeah, dude. Tommy Lee Jones, I think, is the villain in that movie. Like, oh, yeah. He is the villain. I need oh, to watch Under Siege. It's a fantastic. It's a, let's just watch that. Fuck this card. No, so. I, this was a great card, too. Oh, and this match was pretty good. I, it, yeah. Trey Miguel ha- is the hottest, coldest wrestler for me in the history of wrestlers. Like, sometimes when I'm watching him wrestle, I'm thinking, this guy can be just as good as Ricochet or Rey Mysterio. Why is he not? And then the match kind of happened. Like, first of all, that that opening thing with the spray can sucks. What is that? Who told him? Did did Nash Carter call him and say, hey, Hunter, uh, Hunter didn't like you. He says your entrance is boring. Maybe mix it up. And he's like, I got an idea. Um, Because what is that? You, You hate it too, right? I don't understand why he has to be a graffiti artist and his stuff is graffiti, especially because we have another graffiti artist wrestling, that being Ty Valkyrie. Her original thing was all about the spray can and doing graffiti. Why are we having two people with the same gimmick now in their entrance? OG JFC just used the force on us. Uh, JT brought up Nixon Nudes. He said Nixon Nudes is going gonna, is gonna to make a huge impact in AEW. Uh, I think a lot of people were really upset about Nixon nudes for uh, not showing Yeah, when up. she got released, it was a sad day. That, that they didn't like Nixon nudes. Shot- they don't like Faith ADK. Is Shotzi still a thing? Yeah, she's still a thing. She got buried in under two minutes by Ronda Rousey on SmackDown in an I Quit uh, challenge match where then Aaliyah also gets buried, but not as long. She survived longer than Shotzi did against Charlotte. Nice. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, so Shotzi gets buried in two minutes. So that's... I hated that so much. Isn't that what we have jobbers for? Isn't that when you bring out... You should out... have local talent for that. Yeah, it... Not jobbers like Shotzi. Shotzi it... shouldn't be a job. Yeah, isn't that when you bring out, like, Larry Lockton, like, you know... It... For Winnipeg Zone, and like the crowd kind of pops, but then they lose in like a minute. Like, isn't that what that's for? Don't have Shotzi go out there and get embarrassed. That's so stupid. Yep. So it speaking was. of Just getting embarrassed, your own talent. So this match was good. the the spot The high spots were all where they needed to be. Ace Austin is perfect uh, as the he X Division is. champion. I feel like they they listen to me and they know like man he he loves the X Division. He didn't like that Steve Macklin shit, but he's all in on Ace Austin. So. Uh, pretty good Your match, but just as bright and just as talented as white kid. Thank you so much, Ernest Spliff Miller, with a hydrate. Is this kind of the end of the? You know, Caleb Connolly just kind of left Impact. Is Trey McGill done? I don't know if he'll be done. I think he's going to still stay, but this was a really great match. The story they were telling that Ace Austin is always going to be like the kryptonite to Trey. Trey has never been able to pin Ace Austin. Even in this match, Trey kept trying to pull out all the stops that he could against Ace, trying to prove that he's still good. And he still has these crisp moves that like the person like him, you're surprised. Like he should be a star with some of the stuff he could fucking do. 
But yeah, then Trey Selleck could not pull a stop, so Ace Austin gets to retain the title and goes into the best Super Juniors as X Vision champion. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah, to have Ace going in there with the Impact style because we we just watched last week on it on Dynamite they buried Impact. I mean that was that was a weird decision. So hopefully Ace Austin wins a match or two at the Super Junior thing. But uh, spoiler alert, probably not. I heard El Fantasma is going to be in that stupid fucking tournament, and he's probably going to win great. it. So uh, yeah, that was a fine. Yeah, he match. probably will because he's done it twice and he's always winning it now. He's yeah, great. He's they're just going to let him let him keep winning. Yeah, uh, the Bullet Club: Jay White, Chris Bay, Doc Gallows, El Fantasmo, Carl Anderson taking on Honor No More, Eddie Kingston in tights, uh, Kenny Kenny King in tights, Matt Taven in tights, Mike Bennett in shorts or in trunks, Vincent in I guess tights. They were like pants, pants tights. Uh, with Maria Canellis. And uh, this was one of TNA's favorite things to do, just 10-man tag team war. Like, just 10-man tag. So, uh, no eliminations, just straight-up tags. Uh, a lot of lot of good storytelling and spots in this one. Um, what do, I don't know. What's there to say about this? What do you think? I don't know. Like, that's like, this is just really good <laughs> tag team wrestling. We got to see we have the OG Kingdom, the OGK, proving themselves being one of the best tag teams as well. While also having the good brothers on the opposite side. So we have this good tag team chemistry, good tag team matches. And it was just a simple match that we were like, it could go either way because either one could get the win for the story they were telling. So it's a good thing that we're starting off with Honor No More getting the big W to prove why they are here to stay and they are honored no more. They are just too sweet. Yeah. Great call on, uh, on who anybody can win because I, I was, when the match started, I thought, well, obviously bullet club's going to win. They got show like other shows coming up and they uh, Tom Hannafin's talking about, Oh, well, juice Robinson just joined the bullet club, which by the way, Gino, what happened to Finn juice? That means they're done. Yes, they are done. David, like we had also like before the event that happened that took place where uh, Juice came in and joined Bullet Club. He was on with Brian Alvarez, talked for almost like an hour, talking about his contract. He's going to be expiring. He's not going to be continuing. He might not. But then the day that his contract was up, apparently he then joined Bullet Club and is a part of this heel group. So he either was an entire work that whole interview or he wasn't sure, and they just re-signed that day to be part of the Bullet Club now. And it's just this big heel, part of this new group where it's all fuck over everyone like Tomatonga, who's just a big baby face now. We need somebody named Juice, because how are we going to have the Finn Juice song still? It's like my favorite, we are Finn Juice! Like, what are we going to do now that my favorite tag team no longer can be? Yes, they no longer can be an impact. They're just going to be a new Japan. We're going to have David Finley, who also he does have a match this week, which we'll talk about. Hey, wait, did they he both... join the Bullet Club too? No, he did not join the Bullet Club. <sighs> so it's over. You you didn't. It's yes. over. So Dave, Juice is done. David Finley needs a new tag team partner named Juice. Maybe <laughs> Renee Dupree can come back and be like Juice Dupree. And then we could have Juice Dupree and Dave Finley, and they can just be Finn Juice 2.0. Maybe we'll have to see what happens with David Finley, and hopefully we're going to get some information this week at a Capital Commission. So this match was fine. It was a ten man tag. I mean, you know, it's comparable to the six man tag from Backlash. Uh, I would probably that one was. It's hard to say which one was better. They're both they're both kind of useless. Uh, but 
at least th- this one had uh, Matt Taven in it, who's like my new favorite wrestler. So, uh, and Mike Bennett had a, he won the match. Mike Bennett won it. You know, you hate Mike Bennett. The the I'm liking Mike Bennett because of the Kingdom. And the it's Prodigy. Kingdom. It took me all this time to realize that their name is just OG Kingdom. It took me this long to realize it's just Kingdom. They're well, the Kingdom, even though Matt Hardy and Adam Cole created the Kingdom with them. But even uh, even Matt Taven, maybe it's the same thing. Like I liked Mike Bennett. And him teaming with with Matt Taven. Now I like Matt Taven. So you and I flip flopped. We were like, uh, no, I like both of them still. But uh, it's just I I never got the Matt Taven thing. I was like, this guy stinks. He looks it like took you all this time to realize just how good Matt Taven, especially this promos. Yes, he promos. He is I. I am him, and I am Matt Taven. His promos are really good. And I, like when when I when I watched that feud he had with Vincent, I thought this guy stinks. And maybe it was he's only meant to be a heel because he kind of looks like Danny Zuko. Just lean into that. Be the handsome heel. Do your thing and wear gloves. He's fantastic. So not sure why he was trying to be a baby face and fight in a police gym. But uh, I think we finally righted the wrongs. Yes, putting them both together, Vincent and Matt Taven, they're both now on the same side because fucking Ring of Honor is just done and they have no more honor because of how the company treated them all these years how much better is this group without pco by the way <laughs> no pco <laughs> is a great part of the group he's just dead because that monster's ball match pretty much killed him which i thought was a fucking great match too last week yeah like, match that could have been on the pay-per-view but they realized okay we have to do it now because they didn't want to add that to the card which they should have because Alex Shelley didn't know wasn't going to show up. Yeah, this this card is missing some of their biggest names. Like, I mean, you know, PCO, PCO and Jonah, but Jonah, Jonah for sure, and even Morrissey. Morrissey wasn't on this card. Neither was. How do you have a professional wrestling card without the most professional wrestler? That's true. We had both these big matches, the monsters ball match and tail match just on an impact. That's they just realized, you know, we got to be like AEW, have our big match just on an impact, even on the go home show. Tables match with Brian Myers, W. Morrissey, monsters ball match, PCO and Jonah, where we lock them inside these two rooms for 72 hours, like the real monsters ball is supposed to be. Yeah, I do like that they brought that back. I do like that they brought that back. I'm like the the solitude. Like Abyss would be in the padded room, like banging his head against the wall and shit. And Jeff Hardy would be sitting there like meditating. Like, okay, this is going to be fucking real. I can't wait for these monsters balls matches. Uh, Black Rain. So, yes, this was a real way to do it. Very, They, they did that one right. Uh, and this 10-man, again, it was fine. But I'm loving Honor No More. I'm loving the Bullet Club. I think having you know the two factions kind of collide here especially after what happened at the pay-per-view at rebellion great great match so uh impact knockouts world championship which diana let me know it used to just be the impact knockouts championship now it's the knockouts world championship like when she was champion they put world in there so i never knew that until she told me and uh this was an okay match it was fine tasha did her thing it is always when you see Havoc lose to somebody really small, it is a little, all right. But but still, this is wrestling. You can slay the giant. And yes, Havoc was slayed. She was, but there was some like really good spots where Havoc could have won, especially because we did not have Savannah Evans. But if somehow Havoc did have like Crazy Steve or Black Taru or Rosemary on her quarter, she probably would have had that up her hand. But Batasha Steele was able to overcome everything and still be the knockout world's champion. And we are Finjus. Can you imagine? All right, so Violent by Design. 
Eric Young. I like we just Tasha Steels wins, whatever. Like we, it I, was a match of Tasha Steels is one of the best, even though that Chris Fix Bob. Oh, that thing is terrible. Yeah, it's a hey, I like that. It's a move. Um, Violent by Design, VBD, Eric Young, Diener, and Joe Doring, and Ojo Doring. I like that it says that on this list here. Take on the Briscoes. Now, did you think that, um, because I know for me, uh, the promo earlier in the night, I was like, their impact is over the moon that they have the Briscoes. Like, they know that the Briscoes weren't going to go to AEW because it's kind of too big for them. They weren't gonna. No, you know what I mean. Like they don't. They don't want to do the travel that comes along with with being an AEW guy. Or, and we also know the truth about people in not Turner, but like the whole like Discovery or all that shit that don't like the Briscoes because they're tweets. Yeah. Yeah, nine year old tweets. Yeah. Oh, we can't work here now. So yeah, people and and yeah, AEW is one of those really woke companies. So it's like, no, we're not gonna do that. So impact is kind of the per. I mean, this is where Tommy Dreamer didn't get fired. He just kind of got put on suspension forever. Uh, yes, he's just like maybe he's backstage. We just don't know. Yeah, we just hey, don't let him on TV. But he can still work with the talent. All he said was what we were all thinking. So and they uh, edited it though to make it sound bad. They really did. I would never if, like. Are they working on another dark side? Because if you're a wrestler, that still like might not be. But Jr. said he's not going to do it because the. Yeah, I, are you, would anyone go and do it now? Like, oh, you slice this whole thing together to ruin somebody's career. Like, if he said something like that, don't put it right after she's like crying. Like, he fucking made me touch his dick. Like, don't put his words right after that. Like, of course. Yeah, like they really made it seem like have a bunch of people say negative shit and then have her stuff later on and then have the wrestlers kind of do like an apology or something. But don't. Like, like how they did it with Brian Cage when he found out Canyon was gay. He was like, oh, man. But then I thought about it. This doesn't change anything. Like, he had that like that one moment of, like, what probably a lot of people thought. Like, oh, fuck, you're gay? What's that about? And then it was like, well, hold on. Let me think about this. Like, why does that even matter? What does that change? Oh, it doesn't. Why don't I actually think like a human for once instead of just my bigotry that I might have about yeah like what is that like why would i why is my immediate reaction like oh you're gay dude that ruins you for me like I don't, no doesn't ruin him for me he's still canyon he's still the innovator of violence or whatever his name was <laughs> innovator of offense so gino he's still ddp2 so the briscoes won this match yes we kind of knew it was coming but the match was still good uh eric young doesn't have bad matches does he Eric Young, I don't think has had a bad match since he left WWE, and they just buried him in WWE when he was in the main roster. Now that he's back in Impact, he's not had a single bad match. Diener is proving to himself and proving to everyone why he's still so good. But the Briscoes were able to prove that night why they are the best tag team in the world. One, I, I Eric Young did have a weird run in WWE, like because Sanity seemed like it was a great idea and a great, and it was, it worked well in NXT. And then even with the brand split, oh, this is going to be perfect. Let's get Sanity on the main roster. They had a bunch of backstage like vignettes and stuff, and they never really let Eric Young cut one of those promos that we know he can cut. You know, like with Violent by Design, they let him do all the talking. This guy talks too much. Um, he's the best at talking. He's awesome. He's fantastic. But in WWE, it, they were a little bit more hesitant to just have him on a microphone and go. So... Why do we have the little bald man talk? That wouldn't make sense. We want to have the big man with hair talk. Yeah, which why? Like, just 
Let Eric. Even though Damo's good, but yeah, Eric should be talking with the attack. Let Eric do the talking, and Damo wasn't as good as, as Eric at talking, which is why Sanity got over because EY. Like yeah. obviously, Damo and 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 Wolf were fantastic in the group because they're the big hitters of the group, and then Nikki was obviously a great addition. But when they got to the main roster and they were trying to tweak what, like it had already worked. This is why we need my NXT draft that I was talking about. And yes, at least we needed it. Now that we have 2.0, I don't know if we need yeah. anything like that. No, now because we the only need, person yeah. that'd be called up is Joe Gacy and his Druids. They need to get drafted to main event for seven months or whatever. Like that's what that's the new the new phase. Of, that's like the, the, one of the old video games was like that. You started in on main event and you like progress to SmackDown, then to Raw. Like the, even in the video game, they were like, "No, nope, we know we know where everyone wants to go. They want to go to the Red Show." So. <laughs> Yes, Gino, great tag match. The Briscoes are on top at Impact Wrestling. And I feel as though they're going to be here for a while. They should be here for a while. I'm excited to see what's going to happen at Slamversary where hopefully they still retain. And we do get to see the Briscoes keep going with these tag titles because they are, again, probably the best tag team. FTR is a really close second, but I just, I've always loved the Briscoes. I like the Briscoes too. Just as far as Ring of Honor goes, they were the one team that. You know, if they were doing something, I would check it out. But I know their names are the Briscoes. That helps them out tremendously because you obviously think of uh, of uh, Gerald Briscoe and his brother. So, what? You don't? I mean, you die, and I occasionally think of Gerald, but I think of Gerald because, like, his backstage role, and I hear him and JBL talk on their little podcast. Well, that's why. Isn't that why that's their name? Is they were paying homage to to Jack and Joe. And they pretty much were pretty much showing homage, and then they just took the name, they ran with it, and have their own like identity now as the Briscoes, Dem Boys, the best tag team. Yeah, but they're still the Briscoes, like Gerald and Jack. Let's let's not yes. shit on wrestling history here, Gino. True. And uh, yeah, I, I would check them out. As far as the best in the world, I will I will always say they were. Well, I can't even say that now. I don't know because are they the best to never go to WWE? Yeah, probably. Like because the Bucks never did WWE, right? Um, Matt did work WWE one time. You don't, and you hate the Bucks, right? I like the Bucks. Okay, because sometimes I feel like I don't hate them. I hate they have good matches, and I just feel like as EVPs, they've I feel at least for a period of time they might have just kept putting themselves over and burying the towel. And they, I felt for a period. Maybe and and maybe because we can argue and and it was a little suspicious that they weren't the tag team champions until like one year into the company. Okay, now we're the champs. We give it a and year. I would just beat everyone. Oh look, here is our dream match with FTR. Oh well, let's just beat them. We gave. Let's a, have one of them do a flip, and then we'll still beat them. Well, yeah, that there's there there are no flips, just fists. Don't you watch? Yes, but so if they, the story was gonna be like that, they realized that they need to do the flip to try to prove that they could do it. In, Pull out all the stops, but they still lost. Yes, of that. you're. Yes, you're proving the the story right. You're, you're, <laughs> the story could have been that they pulled off stuff. No, they, they tried to do Young Buck style, and you can't out Young Bucks the Young Bucks. You you should make the Young Bucks try and out FTR FTR, not the other way around. So, great match, fantastic match. The first one was not as good as the second, and it makes sense. You can't just. Good. This is like when Stone Cold didn't want a job to Scott Hall at WrestleMania. Damn, Vince. <laughs> We've been beating these bastards in the ratings for all these years. Now you want to have them come in here and beat me on the grandest stage? Uh-uh. That's what happened, you know. So just, just just remember that as you're watching this show, that there's more happening than just Briscoes and FTR, okay? Young Bucks are around. I mean, obviously, Luchasaurus and Jungle Jungle Boy, amazing tag team. They're the tag team champions that everyone knows. They're still a tag team champions Redragon, they don't defend them. Reed Dragon's a good team. The Usos are pretty good. There's some good teams, you know. 
They are some good teams, but also uh, it took me some a while to realize this. But the Usos, when they're just like an actual tag team promo, they do take a lot of like cadence in the way they speak from the Briscoes. They and almost they mimic in a sense sometimes. Even I don't know about that. Did you hear? Did you hear Mark Briscoe on on uh, on this pay per view? Yeah, again, he does have like his weird talk, but like when you hear like Jay Jay in the way he talks, it's similar to Jay. Prove to me a, honor is real. That we all know Jay Briscoe and his amazing programs with EC3. We've heard both of them cut promos. Control your yeah. narrative. They control my narrative since day one. So yeah, maybe they did get day one from Jay Briscoe. So yes, Moose Jay comes Briscoe. out, Gino, and I'm like, why is Moose coming out? And it's like Moose. 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 Now that was cool for a while, and I'm kind of getting over it. Um I, although I although I do like when like half the crowd goes moose and the other half goes socks moose socks I actually really enjoy that part of it uh, so moose says like he Josh Alexander isn't getting a, or isn't defending the title what does he say he's it, he's gonna hijack the show because I he had he gave he made me wait six months and then he wanted to get his rematch. I only had to wait six days. So he gets his rematch. This was bullshit to him, so he hijacked the show, and then we got to find out who was behind the whole coming attraction. We yes, it was Sammy Callahan. He had a he had a bat. Remember he had he had Floyd with him, and. <laughs> Uh, he came out and he, what did he do? Beat up Moose or did he just run away? I don't remember. He was, he would beat him up. He then was setting up for his big fucking pile driver. Thumbs up, thumbs up. And then Moose rolled out to leave. What is that? What is that from, by the way? Is that just ripping off Batista? Like I've been watching Sammy Callahan for years and I've always noticed he does the thumbs up, thumbs down. Is that like just a blatant Batista thing? Or is that, what did he have a storyline where him and the Chris brothers were like thumbs upping people? What happened? I don't remember exactly when this started because, like, yeah, I remember him doing this for a long time, and I don't remember, like, the origin of the whole thumbs up, thumbs down. If it was, like, Batista that originated, maybe, like, I could do this but make it my own because now he does that just for his big spot for his finish. Well, because, so, like, but, I don't yeah. know if it came originally because of Batista or if it was, like, storyline, like, ratings or him in control when he was in ICU. Yeah, but, like, Batista didn't say thumbs up, thumbs down. Like, he just did it. Like, he just put his thumbs up. And it was a direct, you know, from his program with Triple H, where Triple H, or Batista has Randy on his shoulders. And uh, Batista, you know, he's got he's holding him up. And Triple H is like, good job, dude. You beat Chris Benoit for the belt. You beat him for the belt at SummerSlam. I mean, that's, that's a huge deal. And then he just turns his thumb down and Batista drops him. And then... Fast forward to like April or March, they're building up towards WrestleMania. Who's Batista going to choose, JBL or Triple H for WrestleMania? And he gives Triple H the thumbs up, like, I'm going to go to SmackDown, dude. Thumbs down. He goes to Raw, puts Triple H to a table. Do you watch wrestling, Gino? I do, but then years later, he when he goes, like, gets hulked up and he goes on the ropes, he does a little shake. He then has both his hands, he goes, shums up, then he has thumbs down, the Batista pop. Yeah, but he doesn't say it out loud, you know, he just kind of yes. does it. He's gotta you, put- we don't know if he mounts it out when he does. He just gets so hyped up and he says words. It might be just be wrestler voice when he wrestler talks and doesn't really say no, real Gino. words. Or he's just saying to himself, thumbs up, then thumbs down. Gino, everything I talked about just now was uh, before your time. 
You started watching in 06. I mean, I'm talking yes. Wrestle, I'm talking WrestleMania 21, which is in 05. So when I was watching Batista as a young lad, and he was going like this and like that. It was all because Triple H uh, was they were going to sign the contract, and then he said thumbs down, put Batista or put Triple H to the table. Triple H showed up to WrestleMania really tan, like unbelievably tan, and then they went, then they had a match at uh, Backlash where Triple H was like, "It's the one thing you fear, Dave." It's the pedigree. And then they had a match all about how Triple or Batista's afraid of eating a pedigree. But then he Batista bombed Triple H. Don't worry about it. Match is over. Then they fast forward to June, Gino. Hell in a cell. Says but, I heard Hulk Hogan mutters Hulk up nigga under his breath. Do you think he might say that? Has that been confirmed? He might he might, you know, he calls his spot, so he probably tells the guy he wants to hulk up now. Like he wants to prepare for that spot for the hulk up. So the guy has to know when to do the punches and then the fake punches and he gets to hold the fucking last punch with just no 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 the big boom. Yeah, he gets to So he probably does have to tell like under the breath, big we gotta do the hulk up Well and I'm even reading the chat, Dark Side was cancelled. There we go. Um, Bucks are the best team. Don't ever try and tell me otherwise. There we go. And uh, I heard Hulk Hogan mutters. Yes, that that could be what it is. Well, it's always after. It's always after like King Kong Bundy hits like a splash off the second rope and covers him. And it's like, oh, and and Gorilla Monsoon is like, how in the world is Triple H or Triple H? Is Hulk Hogan going to get it? And then he throws Bundy off. He gets up. Oh, my God. He's drawing the power from his Hulkamaniacs. And he just starts freaking out. He's doing this. All the kicks and punches don't stop him. And then one final punch and Hogan's like, you. And then a punch, but he catches it. One, two, three against the ropes. And then the big boot. And then a big leg. Chino, do you watch wrestling? I do watch wrestling. I know just how great that spot is, and that's why I'm saying, like, he probably is right that he does probably murder Mike Bumber under the words or whisper it to the opponent that we got to do it now. We got to take it home with the fucking Hulk. I bet the referee is just like, yeah, with the earpiece in, the referee is probably just saying, like, all right, boys, it's time to take it home, and that's when, like, that's when Sid Vicious hits the power bomb and goes for the cover, and then it's just, no, get off of him, you. And like, it could just be Vince and somebody here saying, Hogan must pose, damn it, Hogan must pose. And yes, because the the important part of wrestling is just as long as we got to real American, that's all we cared about. Wrestling fans just wanted to hear that song over and over again. Poses, Gino, are we pretending that that like isn't the coolest thing still like. Wouldn't you be freaking out if you were there in the 80s and Hogan's doing his posing? I think people would all be fucking excited, even right now, if they were to come out in the 90s and seeing Hulk Hogan come out to American Made and doing the pose. I don't know, dude. I'm Like, this song was so... This song was so important to me as a kid. Like, I don't know, like, it's 80s, obviously, so it's a different different era in the world. But this Hulk Hogan was so likable. True, he was, and that's the thing, he was likable then. He was all still likable when he first signed with WCW and had America Made, which I feel was a better theme song. Is that the one that sounds like Jimi Hendrix? Yeah, kind of like Jimi Hendrix and then Abyss had in TNA when he yeah, had the Hulk Hogan ring. that was terrible. This is fantastic. It's great theme song. Fight for what's right, fight for your life. 
All right, so Hulk Hogan makes his Impact Wrestling return here at Under Siege. Now, we're almost done, Gino. So Sammy Callahan does a move. Fantastic. Thumbs up. Thumbs down. You still, okay, we don't know what that's from, though, right? Yeah, I don't know exactly the origination from that. Could be Batista. We'll look this up next time when we discuss Sammy Callahan when he beats up Moose before fucking uh, Slammiversary. Slammiversary coming in June from Nashville. It's going to be a good one. Josh Alexander versus Ishii. You were more excited than I was for this. Uh, I'm not big on Ishii. Uh, so the match was good. It was fine. Did you think Ishii was going to win at any moment? There were moments where I was like, they, are they going to give it to him? I, I doubted like they were going to have Ishii win, but they had some amazing back and forth. This was just a really great contest. Even uh, when we were watching, when I was watching live, Riza was actually so fucking hyped because he realized Ishii is so fucking good because his match with Adam Cole was fine a couple weeks back. But then this about Josh Alexander, we will see just how good Ishii is, that he can perform and have these hard-hitting matches with someone who actually can take it and hit hard back. Whoa, you talking shit crazy. about Adam Cole or what? That Adam, like, for Ishii, what he does, apparently, like, what I've kind of seen is he tries to work like the rest, the other rest of his opponent style. So Ishii and Adam Cole, it was a good match for Ishii, but it wasn't like Adam Cole's best match because Adam Cole only does really well with people who can really do his style. So when you have someone like Ishii, who is all like the hard-hitting, stone pit bull, big motherfucker, he can't really like make Adam Cole look as good as other people could. It was a fine match, and Adam Cole's really good, but he needs people who are more of his style, because Ishii kind of outshined him. Yeah, because, I mean, what's the best Adam Cole match? Because isn't he just a cruiserweight when you really... Like I don't mean to be this guy, but when you when you break it down, like him and Gargano, him and Champa, like yeah. whenever he's having his best matches, it's against another two hundred five live guy, right? Yeah, him and fucking Alistair Black, him and Gargano, him and Champa are all like the big matches for Adam Cole. Is yeah, people like, who are his style. Yeah, I mean, and him and Hangman was good, but yeah, like when, it, him and Hangman was better than than this match for me. This was okay. It just when you when like when you talk about like the stiff style, yeah, the punches and the kicks, like it looked like it hurt, but there was so, like I just I didn't think. Now let's talk about storytelling. I didn't think Tomohiro Ishii belonged in this match at all. Like. He can have this legacy from New Japan or wherever. He could beat Jonah at the last pay-per-view. But there's other guys on this show that clearly deserve a title match. I mean, this guy just showed up, and I've never really seen him do much. He just shows up and Impact wins one match and gets a title shot. Well, because the storyline, in case you forgot, because this is like weeks before, we had this match with Moose and Carl and Mr. Josh Alexander where we realized who's going to be this hand-picked opponent that – Scott Demore picked because we didn't know. We don't know who Scott picked. It could have been anybody. So we were like, "Who could this be? Who's gonna be?" <laughs> so the storyline, so big surprise. The storyline was they picked him. Like that, that's the storyline. Yes, Scott Demore picked him. That Scott Demore handpicked Tomohiroishi because of this history, because of this legend that is Tomohiroishi. That's not a storyline though, because what's the difference between Scott Demore picking them and a graphic that shows up on the screen that just says, "Here's your title match for Under Siege." Well, because we didn't know who picked the person for him at that point. <laughs> if we just had, "Here's the match," we now know it's Scott Demore picked him so now because mr alexander beat him we don't know who's gonna be his next opponent because he's pretty much beat everybody before he lost to moose and now he beat moose twice he doesn't know who his opponent's gonna be for anniversary. so now we gotta see what's gonna happen next week why not why not a moose rematch like why like why 
Be- we already had. Why we give him three matches? Well, like, well, we have rematch. Why? Okay, let's do this. We have our, re- but why give him the rematch on TV like six days or three days after, or five days after their match? Like, Moose has a point. Like, yes. Why not have Moose and Josh Alexander main event, and then have Sammy come out after that or something? Like to to at least have an interaction with Josh. Because uh, yeah, you're right. Slammiversary is coming up. Like, what's what's the big match for Josh? Like, is Kurt Angle going to retire? Come out of retirement? We did get Kurt Angle at the end, like before the actual like old narrator coming back. We also did have Kurt Angle saying, "Oh, it's true again." So it could be Kurt for all we know. Kurt could come back one more match, and he could, and that would be a huge deal for Slammiversary. But yeah, Slammiversary is the one we put numbers on. This is a huge. This is Slammiversary. Like this is the twenty year anniversary. This needs to be the biggest one. Having Tomohiro Ishii just kind of weasel in for a tag or a tag for a title match felt stupid I, like there's other guys on this show throw throw an ace austin in there where's where's jonah jonah could say he beat me when i first got here it's been a while i think i'm ready for you i take it now chomp like why not a monsters do- ball match takes a lot out of you he needed time he couldn't be ready two days after a monsters ball well, match for ob- this big match. obviously we're getting rid of a monsters <laughs> ball match to get ready for the biggest title match in the in this, in this company's history the, but this was the biggest monsters ball match in recent history. Well, have that match the week out. Have that match the night after Slammiversary. Then don't do the Moose match, and that way your main events were like okay, Morrissey in the table match that one week, Monsters Ball the other week. So many awesome main events on your television show, and your pay per view is still going to be stacked because, like for people like you, sure, I'm sure this was like oh wow, I can't believe I'm seeing this. For me, it was this guy's not going to beat Josh Alexander. What's the fucking point? It was just to have a really good match and to prove Josh Alexander is that fucking tough and that strong of a dude who could beat Tomohiro Ishii, take all the punches, take all the lariats, take everything, <laughs> the headbutts from Tomohiro and still be able to come back and win the match. I mean, you, amazing you, guy. you told me that people were like bagging on uh, Taya Valkyrie's age. Like, how old is this fucking guy? Like, this, Don't this, worry about potato man. But because even you're saying like, you know, he took the abuse. He could take the punishment. It's like, yeah, from some old fuck. Like, I'd rather watch but him the fight the old moves. guy who can fucking almost kill anyone if he wanted to. Oh, my he gosh. Tried. He's only 46? He looks terrible. This guy's like yeah. the same age as AJ Styles. Yes, but he's so fucking tough. Hey, man, Suki are two of the hardest hitting motherfuckers who could just kill any young boy if they want to. Yeah, but not not Young really though. Like not yeah. really though. Like that's what's that pretty much. <laughs> but that's why these guys get this respect. Like oh, they punch hard. Like if, like people give Vader shit for working stiff. Like these guys do it and they're revered for it. <laughs> well, I mean, they get punched stiff because they punch the wrong person stiff. That big Shawn Michaels, who we realized, oh, he's kind of a dick, Shawn Michaels. No, you're you're bringing up one thing. I mean, throughout Vader's... That was a big thing that stopped. But but throughout Vader's entire career, people said he worked stiff, and everyone worked hated... Like, everyone hated working with them, so don't just bring up the one Shawn Michaels diva guy. Like in Japan. That's why Vader did big in Japan, because he knew that he could work stiff, and these other people would work stiff with him. They would actually fall through and actually have amazing matches with him in Japan. Amazing. Vader fucking shy. This is why Vader didn't make my 100. Everybody's like, Vader's so good, he punches hard. It's like, yeah, that sucks. Like, I'm a Bret Hart guy. I like to watch work punches. I like Stone Cold worked punches. Undertaker worked punches. <laughs> yeah, but, you like the Stone Cold stops too. Those amazing. I like I like The Rock. I like Triple H. I like sports entertainment. You can watch fake, <laughs> you can watch punches in a, in a choreographed sport. I'll go watch MMA, which is real punches in a real sport. 
So, yes, enjoy Japan. It's obviously doing really well. So It uh, is, especially because they're coming here in the States for another big event this weekend. And there we go. There's our transition. What's it called? Capital Carnage? Capital Collision. WCW, Capital Carnage. <laughs> to get us ready, let's take a quick listen to this, Gino. When it comes crashing down and it hurts inside You gotta take a stand, it don't help to hide How come they spelled capital like money? I don't know why they did it. It's just their way of saying it's different than the actual capital. Oh, okay. It's a big event. Because even though it's happening in Washington, D.C., they they did the like money capital. Yes. Do you think that's just because like a, they're making capital? It might be a translation mistake. They just realized, okay, we're just going to stick with it. Or it's just because they're going to be making a all that capital because of all these big time matches we're going to see this night. That's got to be it. Because it's definitely like somebody from Japan was just like, no, that's how you spell it, right? No, that's not how you spell it. Yeah, capital carnage in the UK, that was spelled without the O. When you're spelling capital like the riot, like the riot. Like uh, like January sixth, that's with an O, right? United States Capitol. So interesting. Okay, either way, um, this is the Capitol collision. We're not going to give them any. We're not giving them any flack for not understanding American history, even though they're going to take our money to watch this bullshit. Um, it's going to be amazing. So that like we have an eight match card. So this is on. Is this on Fight TV? Is this free? What's it going on? It will be on Fight TV. Yes. Well, there are ways to watch it for free, which we do not condone. But yes, it is on Fight TV this Saturday. And this is on Saturday. Okay, so this is on Saturday. This will also what's it? It will take place May fourteenth. No start time listed. Thank you, Wikipedia. You fucking assholes. So I have it right here on their uh, page on the actual Japan page. It's three hours twenty minutes forty two minutes. Uh, for two hours forty two minutes. That's about. Wait, what do you mean? Is it already recorded? Like on follow when you go on to fight, it actually has like the whole countdown till the show starts. Three days, twenty hours, forty one minutes. Well, how long so is... So, 8 p.m. ED, AD. Easter, ED. Oh, my gosh. I thought you were telling me the whole show runtime is like two hours <laughs> and 40 minutes. Like, what? It already recorded? This shit sucks. No. Okay. It's $20 and it starts at 8 p.m. Now, I have not oh, watched New Japan since Wrestle Kingdom, I think. I think that might be the last time. Maybe there was something in there that, that snuck in at some point. But, Capital Collision. Capital like money. So, Money Collision. Uh, Ren Narita, who I know. Carl Fredericks, who I know. Um, they're having a singles match. You know, these picks are important. Uh, who are you picking and why? I do feel with Renderita and him coming back, we're going to have Renderita still have this big win in the first match where Renderita will come. Oh, he's the guy who had the tumor or something, right? Yes. Okay, Renderita wins. He had to retire. Yeah, Ren- came back. I, I forgot who he was immediately. I just saw the name Renderita. Is that, <laughs> is that Wheeler Yuta's friend? Uh, <laughs> next match, 10-man tag, your favorite style of match, uh, Bullet Club. Is this Bullet Club? No, just 10 minutes. No, there's none of those. Bullet Club, Rocky Ramiro. No, this is Rapungi Vice. Rocky Ramiro, no. Yuya Yamura. Yamura. Who's that? That is one of the big like stars coming out from the uh, uh, American Dojo. So it's an American yeah. person. Yes. And then. Well, not him. He's Japanese, but he came too like, strong. He's actually really fucking good. Where's he from? I forget exactly where you get more from. I think it's like some part of Japan, but I forget like if it's Eastern or Western Japan. Dude, would that make a difference? No, it does not. Okay. But he's just so fucking good in the ring. David Finley, uh, Tongaloa, yes, and Fred Rosser, also known 
as Darren Young. This is a big match. So these five guys are on one team. Now they're taking on a team that I've actually heard of. Team, team Filthy. filthy. Joral Nelson, Royce Isaacs, former member of the Wild Cards in NWA. J.R. Crater, Kratos, also former NWA person, right? Uh, yes. Danny Limelight, we know him. Um, yeah. Former AEW Dark Jobber. And uh, Tom Lawler, filthy Tom Lawler. Uh, this kind of reads like shit, if I can be honest with you. I'm picking Rocky's team. I'm wrong. These, it's not going to be shit. Again, we're going to have all these 10 men in this match. It's going to be some good back and forth, some really good wrestling, but I got to go with Team Filthy. Team Lawler. Lawler is still like one of their big champions here in New Japan. Strong. He's got to look strong. Great O'Conn versus Chase Owens. Chase Owens is in the Bullet Club, right? Yes, Chase Owens, Bullet Club. This is Bullet Club versus the United, what is it? King, not Kingdom. It's the Empire, the, the, U, the UE. United Empire, yeah. yeah. United Empire. Um, great. Uh, Fucking throw a dart. Who knows? I'm picking Great Ocon. I would probably have to agree. This is going to be like the big win for the Empire because I don't think Will Ospreay is going to win the match. He's in. Yeah, like I that's well. I just I, I we're in America and I know it's a New Japan show, so New Japan has to win some of these. So since this one seems like a bit of a throwaway, I'm going to go with Great Ocon. Like this will be the one where oh America, do who who's the commentator? Kevin Kelly. Uh, Kevin Kelly still does. America does not get this one done. Was that good? It was a decent Kevin Kelly. Right. We need to like listen to the American commentary and get to really get a good, like, we could learn how to do a perfect Kevin Kelly. In this is the recount. Chase Owens, member of Bullet Club. I'll have to listen. So, Great O'Con wins. Uh, United Empire, Aaron Hanare. Is that how you pronounce that? Yes, I believe so. Kyle Fletcher, Mark Davis. Who the fuck are these people? And Jeff Cobb. I know Jeff Cobb. Uh, Hell they're, yeah. They're taking on TMDK. That's not That's not murder, death, kill. Why is the, what? No, this is TMDK because this was before uh, fucking Nick Gage. TMDK was Nick and Shane. What? Was Nick Miller and Shane Thor. What? So Nick Gage stole this shit from these guys? He took MDK. TMDK is completely different. Oh, MDK. I can't believe Gage would do that. Fucking gimmick infringement. Uh, Mikey Nichols, Shane Haste, and Jonah. I know him. And Badman and Bad Tito. Tito. Good God, you know, this sucks. Okay. I am going to go with Jeff. I already picked Great Ocon. I pick a Jeff Cobb. I got to go with TMDK. We finally have Nick and Shane together again. They are going to have this big win. What does that Shane mean, Hayes, Nick and Shane? Nick are they. Who's which one? When they, in case you didn't know, Nick and Shane were Nick Miller and Shane Thorne in WWE NXT for uh, fucking TM61. Who's who's Nick Miller? Nick Miller is uh, Mikey Nichols. Okay, wait, and he was in NXT. He was in NXT with Shane Thorne, Shane Haste in TM. Oh, Shane Thorne was. The, I know Shane Thorne. He was in the uh, Retribution. Yes, he also was in Retribution, but he also was in NXT in TM61. When? I don't remember that shit. Okay. You remember TM61 with them, and there was uh, the FTR, the Revival. We had TM61 Revival, TM61, and Authors of Pain. You don't remember this period of time. I remember TM61. the Authors of Pain. I don't remember there being a fucking TM61. You don't remember the Australian tag team? No, I don't. You mean the the inspiration? <laughs> no, the Australian male tag team. Are you thinking of Pretty Deadly again? You always do this. No, that's European. That's not Australian. Okay, I don't remember Shane Thorne. You don't remember TM6. I don't I remember them. It's, it's over your head. You don't remember the two of them were together. Do that's they, why they're TMDK. Did they win the belt? 
Uh, they never won the tag titles. Did they win the Dusty Cup or anything? Were they in the Dusty Cup? They were in the Dusty Cup, yes. Were they ever on a takeover? Why have I never heard of these guys? They were on takeovers. Okay, cool. Look up TM6, but I'll tell you what match. All right, let's let me see. TM61. Okay, you have to put NXT. Oh, no, Wrestlepedia. Okay, they came up, thank God. Yeah, because if you search up, it's still giving you the Pokemon shit, which is TM. That's what I was going to say. I was like, that's a Pokemon stuff. Uh, on July 2015, Nichols and Hayes took part in a WWE tryout camp. February 2016, they were scheduled to join NXT following their NOAA farewell tour. March 26th, confirmed the signings. They began training. During the May 19th tapings, they were renamed Shane Thorne, Nick Miller. They were TM61. They debuted on the May 25th. Uh, yeah, who fucking knows? Never heard of these guys. Good for them. I'm very happy to see them back together. You're right. This is a huge reunion um, of epic of epic proportions. But how do you beat Jeff Cobb? That's why they have Jonah, who's going to be able to get the pin for him. Help TM61, because he's part of TM61 because they're Australian. Oh, my gosh. Did you know that Kyle Fletcher is also Australian? I did not know this. Well, he's on the oh my side, gosh! he's going to turn on him. Did you he's know that Aaron Hernare is from New Zealand, and they hate Australians? That makes sense why he's going against them. This match is going to be great, although it sounds like shit. Yes. Um, it's going to be a great eight-man tag, TMDK. Brody King versus Minoru Suzuki. That This match is up your alley. Um, yeah. Gosh, the rest of these matches are up your alley, not up my alley. Yes. Can something be up my alley? There's one match up my alley. Okay, there is a you. couple, okay. I feel, to be there's, up your There's alley. one more up my alley. Um, or maybe two. I'll give this one. Oh, is it Trent Beretta? Is that who Beretta is? Okay, never mind. Yes. <clears throat> um, Brody King and Minoru Suzuki singles match for the vacated Intercontinental Championship. I'm just kidding. Uh, is it is Brody King and Minoru? Minoru. I got to go Minoru Suzuki. But Brody King's going to have the hell of a showing. He might do the Gonzo bomb, but Brody, but he's not going to get the win. Minoru yeah. Suzuki is going to beat Brody King. Yeah, there's no need for Brody to beat Minoru Suzuki. Um Tomohori, oh, is she a uh, potential yes. impact champion is taking on Eddie Kingston. This is up your alley. This For me, this is the match. Like, I can skip this one. Um, I guess I picked Suzuki in the last one. I picked the United Empire. I picked Great Okan. I picked Rocky. I picked Ren. There was almost no rhythm or rhyme to the way I'm picking at all. So, uh, Ishii. I got to go with Eddie Kingston. This is going to be an amazing, hard-hitting match as well, but I do feel Eddie Kingston is going to hit the back fist of the future, and he's going to be. Can I, can I book like you real quick? Uh, Chris, you, Chris Jericho interferes. Chris Jericho interferes, gets a huge pop for this crowd in uh, our nation's capital, spelled like money, and uh, that, that allows Ishii to win because this is technically an AEW co-opted event. It could be what sets up for it, but we don't know like how they're going to do this. They have still uh, a couple more events here in New Japan that they have before. Forbidden Door, so they have some time to set up and wait to build. While in AEW, they have to kind of rush to build after Double or Nothing. Because right now, they still have to build Double or Nothing. Right. And don't really have any time to build for Forbidden Door. So and it, and it helps. I don't feel they're going to set up any like real intertwining stuff that sets up Forbidden Door here to, at this paper. But Jericho beating up Kingston doesn't set up Forbidden Door. I mean, that sets up Double or Nothing. 
So, right, good stuff, Seb. You're right, but I'm just trying to still think like what they could do, and I guess I'm just looking too far ahead, even though we kind of should look far ahead because we don't have anything ready yet. For what? For Forbidden Door. We no, we, we don't. I hope it's like a one night stand. We don't need to do, we, we don't need to make it like everything has a story. Like we could just do legit. Here's matches. Like every single match on this card is AEW versus NJPW. Throw in some impact, maybe a little Ring of Honor shout outs, but yeah, we don't need storylines. We can just have fun. Why can't we have fun? I guess you're right. I guess you're right. You could just have fun. It could just be all the matches are champion versus champion matches. Well, this card is just a lot of thrown together mishmash. Like, are you she and Kingston in a long feud that I don't know about? At the last uh, New Japan event when we had Tomohiro Ishii versus Suzuki, Eddie Kingston actually showed up. He did pay respect for Ishii and said like all the history that Ishii's had and that how he was respected because he's watched a lot of tape and he loves Japan. So he wanted to face Tomohiro Ishii and Ishii accepted this challenge. What about Brody so and Minoru? That was just put up there on the internet. I don't remember if there was any backstory, but this was the big thing that happened <laughs> at the last event where I was like, this is going to be exciting. Scott, Scott Demore booked it. Um, <laughs> Bullet Club, Jay White, and Hikaleu taking on Chaos, Okada, and Trent Beretta. Um, is Trent Beretta a bigger deal than I'm aware of? Is he Jay White? What's wrong with me? Trent Beretta has been a big deal because at first he was part of, uh, what was it called? Fucking Rapongi Vice with yeah. Rocky Romero, and that tag was connecting with Chaos. But then, because Rocky Romero also was coming to AEW, he then talked with like best friends. He said he talked with Okan, and he's a lot the best friends to be a part of Chaos. So we have finally Trent Beretta's big time back in New Japan, come back and now just being a part of fully Chaos with Okada. And I have this big match against Jay White Nicolay where Okada is going to win. Like it feels like a big match, but it just seems really weird that Trent is Okada's partner. This is like when I went to uh, to Dynamite and Cody was teaming with QT Marshall. And we didn't know who that was at the time. So we were all just chanting, Cody's partner. Like we had no idea who that was. So I feel, I feel like a lot of people are going to be thinking that same thing, like Trent Barreto's team in here. Uh, he might be the equivalent of a Hikaleu, though, so I guess that's fine. Because um, Okada and Jay White is kind of the match. But yes. I guess – I guess okay. – no, the Bullet Club wins because then Jay White can, like, I've, I I beat you. I beat you at Capital Collision, mate. I'm due for my one-on-one title shot. And I'll see you Back. at uh, the Forbidden Door. Right, that could be the case. I'm looking forward to what they do, but I do feel Okada's going to win, being the champion, having this big moment here in the U.S., and then he might challenge the world champion AEW for at the fucking Forbidden Door. Maybe, yeah, so he might be Hangman or it could be Punk. Probably Punk. I fucking... No, I, I have this prediction out. I'm going to say this now. I've said this, I think, one time before. We're going to have Kenta showing up during the match. Kenta's going to the G2S on the Punk, and then Punk's going to get DQ'd, or it's going to be after the match. Punk's going to lose, and then Kenta hits the G2S on to Punk. So we get Kenta versus Punk at Forbindo. Is Kenta hurt? I don't, is he hurt? Is he I don't hurt? think Kenta's hurt any, like right now. I think he should be cleared by Double or Nothing, because I think he was like injured, but I think it should be okay, hopefully. That's my still my hope, my dream. It's what I want, and even what Kenta wants is Punk, Kenta. So why are we getting Moxley and Tanahashi, but it's in a fatal four-way? They've just had this build up kind of with Don Hashi and him, so they do want this one on one. But Jay, but Bruce Robinson 
fucking has been dominating all this stuff since he joined Bullet Club. Bullet Club just dominated this entire last event, beating down everybody, being on top. So uh, they decided, you got to be in here. And Will Ospreay proved himself in his big match against Moxley at the last event that they had here in the States to be like, I should be champion as well. So we're going to have this big match where Tanahashi finally has stopped running. He's the champion now, and he's going to be defending it in this big fatal forward, which main event the entire show. I Like... <laughs> You know, come on. We we were so ready for Mox Tanahashi one on one. Like it's just having a fatal four way sets up for we get to see them touch a little bit, but it taints when they finally do have that one on one match because we've seen them lock horns before. I want the first time they lock horns to be in the main event of a pay per view, and it's the crowd's going ape shit. We're finally gonna get to see it. And oh. I feel like this match we're never gonna have them lock up once. I think every time we're going to have like just two of them standing tall, Will Ospreay or Juice Robinson are going to come out and be like, they're going to beat the hell out of both those guys, stop it from happening. So then we'd never get that full one-on-one yet until we get that hopefully maybe after Bindle. Dude, they're so going to lock horns. They're going to be so locked horns in this match. You know they are. It's gonna. There's going to be that moment like you're thinking of where they clear the ring and they're staring each other down and you think everybody's going to run in and stop it. That's going to happen once or twice. But there's going to be a huge lockup, and then all the cameras are going to go ape shit. And then Tana, write this down. Moxley is going to get Tanahashi in a side headlock, and then Tanahashi is going to go against the ropes and, and push Moxley off. Moxley's going to hit a big shoulder block. Tanahashi is going to lay down, so Mox has to jump over him. He's going to pop up, do a leapfrog. Then he's going to hit a shoulder block, but neither one of them are going to move. Tanahashi hits an arm drag. Then they both do this. Uh, yes, you want them to have the big high spot, which I get that that's going to probably happen. I mean, I just have this hope that they know that they should not lock up because it's not that one-on-one match yet, but they probably will. But I do feel like this will be a really good four-way. All these men are amazing athletes. Will Ospreay being in this heavyweight division, he's finally in BL, prove himself being a heavyweight, being one of the best wrestlers and being just a technical master that he is now. But I do feel that the winner of this match is going to be Tanahashi. He's going to retain the title. Speaking of Tennessee, uh, Always Ready is coming to Na- uh, coming to Knoxville. rather. NWA has a pay-per-view coming in June on June 11th. Uh, NWATix.com, Gino. Matt Cardona, I mean, it seems like they are f- on board with him being their top guy. He gets a pay-per-view named after him. Do we get a Billy Corgan song? I doubt we're getting a Billy Corgan song. It's going to be from downstate. We're going to get a whole news that- Fucking Matt Cardona song just to intro this. No more Smashing Pumpkins. No more Billy Corgan. It's all about Matt Cardona downstate. I'm hoping we get some sort of Corgan like slow <laughs> slow song though. Just about. I'm always ready. I'm always ready to go. I can't, his songs that he does for these pay per views kind of suck. So that'll be fun. His match isn't isn't announced yet, but Chris Adonis versus Jack Stane. That's already been booked. Uh, Mims versus Tyrus. Don't know what that means. Uh, I haven't watched any NWA recently. Like even when Martin Cardona won the belt, I thought I might check it out. And I might have started that pay per view and never went back to it. I only saw that main event match where we got the whole Chelsea Green low blowing Jeff Jarrett, and Jeff Jarrett thought it was Mickey James. So DQ Nick Aldis for McIntyre to win the title was amazing for Matt Cardona to retain. Man, that was all I saw was that main event match. Sounds terrible, Gino. Gino, I think we about covered it. We went super niche. Was there anything? Was there any niche things that I missed? I thought we got all the niche out of the way. 
we pretty much did we could like quickly run down the few matches that are announced for tomorrow's show we could like discuss like who our picks are for these matches because we do have three of the tournament matches happening on this show tomorrow lay it on me real quick let's go through them this is dynamite tomorrow night i'll be live after dynamite with kevin scampoli trovo.live slash twfs all right, one of our big matches we have tomorrow night is going to be a championship match. We actually have a title match, Ricky Starks versus Jungle Boy for the For the World or Fuck the World Championship. Uh, I guess Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks gets a big win here. They're, try they're setting up to get some tag title shots. Yeah, so Ricky Starks going to prove himself. I do agree that Ricky Starks going to get this big win, retain this title that he's finally defending after months of not being able to defend it. Now we have Jeff Hardy, the old man, having his tournament match against Darby Allen, the young man. Doesn't Will Darby the young man be able to beat the old man? Doesn't Darby get a win here? Come on, Jeff can barely walk. Darby had a job to punk. I I, I think Darby needs a win. I, I don't even like Darby that much, but he needs to beat Jeff Hardy. Yes, the young man I feel also is going to beat the old Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy then can focus on the tag team match with him and Matt against the Young Bucks that is supposed to like it happen double or nothing. Oh, now why? Hold tournament. on, hold on. We've already seen that. Why? Why We're is... going to see it in AEW for the first time. Why, is that... why is that the big draw No one watched Ring of Honor. That's the big draw. We didn't see a Ring of Honor. It didn't happen in AEW, so it happens now because oh, no one watched Ring of Honor gosh. match like you and I did. I, I feel when like they were still on their expedition on. of gold. I think a lot of people who didn't watch Ring of Honor still check because it was the night before that WrestleMania. So even if you didn't see the match, you went back and, and you know retroactively enjoyed that match because you knew didn't they just wrestle yes. the night before? Like, come on, they, uh, I, I, I don't want to. It didn't happen AEW, so it didn't happen. Uh, the Young Bucks are get their big win at double or nothing. But the next big tournament match we have tomorrow night, Tony Storm, Jamie Hayer, the round one match that we knew for weeks was going to happen. is finally happening tomorrow night. Yeah, they're treating this like it's a really big deal. And, and maybe it is to some people, but Jamie Hayter is still she, like, she's good. I like her. But why are we treating this like this is like Mickey James versus Trish for the first time? It's because we have to make it feel like this is going to be a big win for Tony Storm to make it feel like Tony Storm won this big match because we've built this for weeks. Yeah. So Tony finally gets to prove herself. So this is going to be Tony's big win because yeah, she won't win the tournament. I think Tony, yeah, I think she's going to be the, the big baby face that we're going to try and get through this tournament. So I'm okay with her winning here. I don't I don't have the whole bracket in front of me, but I, I don't see Jamie Hayter being anyone that needs to win this tournament to stay relevant. So because uh, she's always going to be Brit's backup anyway. It's fine. I, I think uh, someone that does. Oh, go ahead. I think Tony needs to win this because, you know, when last time we saw her, she did have pie in her face. She won her her debut and she was crying and it was emotional. But ever since then, she's just been getting bitched. Like she's not as good at talking as Britt Baker is. So why have her back there doing that every week? True. They just want to make her feel like very more sympathetic and just like a baby face, making her us want to feel like she's this fucking babyface who can deal with all this punishment she'll be able to come back and have this big match but somebody from this next match who needs to prove themselves are both these men we're gonna have another tournament match another round match being adam cole versus dax hardwood both these men have to prove themselves in this match <laughs> adam cole so like it actually be something <laughs> adam cole stop saying things like yeah adam cole the the tag team guy who got in by beating his tag team partner isn't gonna beat adam cole in this tournament. And if he does, that would be exciting and interesting, but 
uh, it would just lead to okay, winner. Like it would taint the next match if if that makes any sense. There's- it maybe does, but at the same time, to me though, on the other hand, I feel the Bret Hart and Owen Hart guys got to win this. Dax Hardwood's going to beat Adam Cole because Adam Cole is not as much of a fan of the Hart as Dax Hardwood is. Well, and Adam Cole looks like a bitch after his Adam Page feud, so he needs to win. Like he came to AEW and was he he was kind of outshined by Daniel Bryan. And then he spent his his couple weeks on the brand feuding with Orange Cassidy, a feud that he ended up losing. Then he started a feud with Hangman, lost that. So it's kind of important for him to win some stuff. So And maybe if the only way he is going to win is because of his friends with the Super Elite, but I still feel that Dax Harwood's going to overcome the odds of the Super Elite and he's going to get up to win. And, and yeah, we can move on to a feud with Redragon and, uh, and FTR. Like, that could absolutely be what stems from this, like, Oh, damn you, Kyle O'Reilly. Get away from the ring shot area, kid. So, Barbara Fisher's a young man. I always like when they do that for guys that are older. But, uh, yeah, Cole needs a win. Come on. He does need the win. He probably will get the win. Another match, the only other match that I could see, unless I do, like, look if they've posted anything recently, is the big match in Long Island, Johnny Hungy versus CM Punk. Johnny Hungy's going to get that huge hometown pop, bro. And I think CM Punk's going to be a villain this night. I think they're going to be booing the shit out of him, which will be interesting because uh, CM Punk's kind of in this babyface mode, and Hangman might be able to come out and take advantage and almost feel like they could do like a Bret Hart in Canada kind of deal (laughs) where people are going to be booing CM Punk. Maybe Hangman being friends with John Silver, this kind of helps. Like, oh, maybe they're both heels, both babyfaces. Like they could do like a double-double turn. That's very true, and I did see one thing more. Tony Khan did tweet out that we're going to have also tomorrow night the debut of the very nice, very evil Dan Hauser versus Tony Nice. Wait, I thought... Wait, how is that's a debut? I thought he was already doing stuff with Hook. We have never had a match in-ring with Dan Housen. It's going to be Dan Housen's in-ring debut against Tony Nice. I hope Tony Nice beats the shit out of him. <laughs> I feel Dan House is going to win because Hook is going to show up and be in Dan House's corner and distract Tony Nese enough where the referee is also going to be distracted. Hook's going to be able to beat the fuck out of Tony Nese and get Dan House the pin so Dan House wins against Tony Nese in his debut. Match. Wait, are they friends? Did I miss something? Yes, you did miss on Rampage. We had at the end of the J.D. Drake and Hook match where Dan House <laughs> came out, he wanted like, to watch this beef and be like, we could be friends because I'm going to have to face... Tony Nice, and we're gonna. Have, I'm gonna have that mean Mark Sterling guy in the corner, and I need a man on my corner to help me even the odds. So he was like going to ask Cook, and while he was asking Cook, pushed Danhausen down. But while Danhausen was down, he grabbed in his pocket. He had a bag of chips, and he laid them in the on the fucking ring for Cook while he left. What kind of and chips? Grab- like poker chips or like food? They were the, his chips. These he was Doritos, uh, spicy nacho. He had the spice. He had the nacho. Wait, chips what do you from- mean the chips he eats? What does that mean? He eats chips all the time. When Hook has, like, when he's backstage, he eats chips all the time. You know Hook. He has the bag of chips. He always eats chips. He has the bag of chips? I've never seen the chips. He's always had the bag of chips. He always eats the chips. He's like, he gave people chips sometimes, but Hook always eats chips. He has chips all the time. So Dan Hauser gave him chips with a bow on top, and Dan and Hook picked him up, and he was looking at him, and then he put them down, and he left. I so feel it like could have been do, he accepted the gift or no. Do you like this? Like, are, are you saying, you're saying you like this, right? 
I am a fan of Dan House. You're 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 describing like shit. Like you're describing literal shit. And I'm this like, this is storytelling. I'm like, is he like this? I can't. I I can't get a read off you because sometimes you're being sarcastic where you're like, we need continuity in the women's division. So Which I don't know do. what this was. Like this sounds awful, and I'm afraid to watch the show tomorrow night. And you're like, I so irritated. You're so happy to recant what happened. Because I can remember every moment of this because I'm a really big fan of Dan House. It took me a while to get on to him, but I realized Dan Did House it? is very entertaining. His character is great because he stays a character the whole time. He's more than just a wrestling character. Why? What do you mean it took you a long time? Like you saw him in Ring of Honor and you were – because you were sending me and Kevin clips of him being terrible backstage with Lance, uh, Lance Hoyt. So what do you mean it took you a while? Like was there like a couple of weeks you were like, I don't know about this guy. There was a period of time when I was like, I'm not sure, because he was kind of like being more evil, but now over time he's become very nice, very evil with his character. That's become more entertaining because it's like Conan and his jokes that he does. Being more in character than just in depth with this very nice, very evil character. You said he's like Conan? He does like Conan style comedy. Like he even talked to Conan in the during Poe Conan's podcast. He actually was invited on, and he said like he's taking a lot of inspiration from like Conan. And I can kind of notice it in some of the stuff Dan Housen does. All right. Well, hey. It's, yeah, so Dan Housen's entertained to some people. Somebody today, likes so it. Yeah, somebody likes it. I mean, there's a reason he's there. He he gets a pop sometimes. So, yeah, I mean, people Every must, time. People like it. I, it's clearly not for me. Somebody else is out there liking it. I'm not the person. So, easy. This could be for Ralph. Ralph probably loves Dan Housen. Ralphie doesn't like that shit. Ralphie likes Jade Cargill. <laughs> So thank you so much, Judo. I think we about did it tonight. I think we went as niche as we can go. We started with uh, with 401Ks. We talked about Impact Wrestling. Talked about New Japan and their capital collision. Uh, and then we even got into a little AEW tomorrow night. So tomorrow night's going to be a great show. It's going to be amazing, if I could use all your words. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. Uh, any parting words before we ride off into the glorious sunset? I just feel this was another really good discussion. We all got to be a part of. We all got to have us run down everything that happened and under siege. What's coming down tomorrow? What's happening this weekend? It's just going to be another really great weekend. We're going to have a really amazing dynamite. We're going to have a great discussion. You, me, and Kevin are going to have tomorrow night after the show. After dynamite, we will all be there. Trovo.live slash TWFS. Don't you dare fucking miss it, everybody. But it's about that time. For us to ride off into that glorious, glorious sunset. Thank you guys. So Reed Detmer might be throwing a no-hitter, Gino. Are you serious? Seventh inning, no-hitters going on. Are we watching the Angels when we're done? I, you might watch the Angels. I got to go to sleep after this, man. You, good luck on the job hunt tomorrow, Gino. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, everybody, for coming in and listening live. Trovo.live slash Vleeties. Downloading on the Vleeties feed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you absorb your podcast. But... I'm Ryan Van Vliet. I'm riding off into that glorious sunset, and I will see you tomorrow night for the whole effing show. Thank you so much, Gino. No problem, man. You have a good night. Says Dan Housen is Bowdy Bayadai. Let me skeet on this. Yeah, Dan Housen sucks. I agree 100%. That's a great call. Thank you, Ernest. Thank you, Jared JT. TWFS, Yeezy, Ernest, Quigley, Dakota, Ricardio. Oh, hydrate. I'm off to the gym, bros. <laughs>
Headless Spider.